Clap, clap your hands and stomp your feet. You're listening. You're listening to the Clap Your Hands podcast, hosted by Elliot Shore Parks and Kyle Newbeck. Here they come. You think that if your goals aren't reached, generally speaking, yeah. that there could be changes made? In- I don't, but the, you guys do. You know, and I've always said that, not just for me, I'm saying that up front. I think that's the dumbest thing in the world. Um, okay, you don't make it to the finals. So let's blow the whole team up. You know, I, I use this as an example, and it's a great example. If Kevin Durant's foot is one inch back, they change coaches. What a dumb thing that would have been. I'm just making a point. That's pretty good, wasn't it? You know, that wasn't bad. Yeah, you got to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Doc Rivers yesterday. Welcome back. It is the Midday Show. Hugh Douglas, Joe Giglio, 215-592-9494. We'll get to all the calls on who should feel the most pressure in this postseason, but we got to talk about Doc Rivers, what he said yesterday. And we welcome in for the next hour, Elliot Shore Parks, who we usually are talking all football with, but it's the eve of the Sixers playoffs, Hugh. We yes, Pete. We have one half of the Clap Your Hands podcast with us. Hey, Elliot. It's just nice to have three basketball guys right. here talking basketball. <laughs> you know, like we can pretend football. Look, yeah. We know football, but deep down, we all know we're basketball That's right. guys. And, and so. the audience knows it, too. Exactly. It's been very clear, yeah. I think. We're yeah. pretty clear on that. And Doc was pretty clear yesterday, Elliot, that he doesn't think if this thing doesn't go deep in the playoffs, and I think a lot of people do think it will go deep in the playoffs, but if it doesn't, that they shouldn't make major changes. What would you would you make of that? Now, obviously, before you make your point, we could kind of infer that maybe he doesn't want to be fired. Yes. Because like, he's a major change they can make. But beyond that, like, let's say they go out in the second round again. You agree with him? Like, just status quo? Yeah, Doc's right. I agree with what Doc Rivers said yesterday. And I think, honestly, if people watch the team all year, I think they should agree with him, too. Now, of course, it matters how this looks, right? Like, if they lose in the second round 4-0, if it's an ugly series, then, yeah, I think everyone's entitled to change their opinion of how it looks. But if this team plays like they have in the regular season and they go against Boston in the second round and they lose in seven, or, you know, let's say they get past Boston and they lose to Milwaukee, like, the three best teams are in the East. Point blank, period. The Sixers are the third best team in the NBA. They've shown that this year. Embiid's the MVP. Harden's been unbelievable. Maxi developed. Who did that happen under? Doc Rivers, right? So ultimately, it would be foolish for this team to step in and make major changes because you lose a good series to the second-best team in the NBA. If the Celtics lose, they're not going to make major changes. If the Bucks lose, they're not going to make major changes. So this year, this team has shown they are an elite team. Embiid is an elite player. He's the best player in the NBA. Harden has been arguably a top-15 player. To make an emotional decision because – Ben Simmons struggled against the Hawks two years ago. Like, what does that have to do with anything when making decisions about this team? It's not about the second round. It's about how good they are and how they play in it. But if they lose in the second round, I'm perfectly fine running it back and seeing next year if you just, you know, if luck goes your way in the playoffs. Yeah, I can't run it back. So, and now I understand your point. And they were a good team this year, right? This isn't a six They were a great team. They were very good. They were great. They won the most games they have. They, semantics. They, well, but I think it's an important semantic, right? Because they won the most games they have since 2001. So this is one of the most successful years in that aspect. They have the best player in the NBA. Again, James Harden was a top 15 player in the NBA this year. And Maxi has turned into an elite shooter and a great role player. So this year has been a tremendous success so far. Obviously, playoffs matter, right. but it's been a great year. How much of of you feeling the way that you feel about running this team back has to do with the development of Tyrese Maxey? Because I think that's that's a big point, a big sure. pivotal point for you. So for me, running it back doesn't have to do much with Maxey. 
for me, it has to do with the fact that they have maybe the best duo in the NBA in Embiid and Harden. Clearly, Phoenix is, Phoenix is up there, right? Booker and Durant. But they have not played together a ton. Prior to this year, if we were doing this conversation before the year, I would say, no, they have to get out the second round. Or frankly, maybe I'd even trade Embiid, right? Like these playoffs, these playoff failures, I like I feel them. I live them, right? Like losing to Atlanta hurt. The Heat loss hurt. The Kawhi loss hurt. So I understand the emotional frustration. But things changed this year. Embiid went from a good player to a great player. And from a great player to the player, the MVP of the league. He is an elite guy that you can build around and win with, right? Harden was way better than anybody expected. So, yeah, coming into the year, for sure, I would feel the same way about they have to get out the second round. But I think people are being dishonest if you say that what's happened this year shouldn't change your opinion. Well, but at what point is there a glass ceiling that we have to realize they can't get through? Like, they, it's not, you're right, the team has changed, right? Ben's not here anymore. But, like, at what point, if they don't get out of the second round, do you start thinking they're never getting out of the second round? I can't, and maybe you have it on the top of your head. I was looking this morning. I can't think of a team in NBA history that was never close, right? Because they really haven't been close to a championship. I agree with that. And kept it together, kept the star, the coach, and then all of a sudden just won a championship. Well, so here's where I disagree with you. They're not keeping it together. The The majority of playoff failures we're talking about is not this team. Maxi wasn't really on the team. Ben is no longer on the team, right? Maxi was a young player. Harden last year was on the team for sure, and he played poorly. He did. Now, but I think we would all agree. I don't want to speak for both of you, but if Embiid isn't wearing a face mask in that second round, I think they beat the Heat. They probably do. Right? So there's a little bit of bad luck there. But you're saying keeping a core together that's failed repeatedly. This core has not failed, really. Okay, so so the, let's go with the three then, right? It's it's Doc, it's Joel, and it's Harden. Yeah. And, and and look, look, no one's advocating to move on from Joel Embiid. He's going to win the MVP, and he's he's still in his prime. But I can't I can't have all three of them back together next year if they lose again. Why? Because there's a loser stench to this. What? No, but not these. I mean, there is not these three. <laughs> but but if, if you wanted to say Embiid because of failures with Ben, fine. But I think that's flawed thinking. We know the problem there. And in, and let's also be honest. They have not lost a series where Embiid was great. Right, like they're not well, a, a thirty-seven per game like series where he's he was struggling right. against the Hawks. He wasn't great against the Raptors. Right. He was hurt against the Heat. But we all know the real playoff struggles were on Ben Simmons. Like, let's just be honest. But that's why also, they lost. Yeah, it's not enough examples. Yeah, there's not enough examples of series where Joel was truly great. I mean, I that, that's part of the. Problem. I agree with that. But the point I'm making is, you're saying this trio has a loser stench, and I would push back and say, where? Like, well, James Harden's career is more well, of a— but, but to be fair, he's lost series to, to the Warriors, and he's played relatively good. I know yeah. everyone remembers that one game where he missed all those threes, but his numbers were not as bad as I think the perception makes it seem. No, I mean, the, but Game 7, he couldn't make a shot, right? None of them could Then that Game 7 against—, against But I, I just, at some point, the NBA evolves, changes. I just feel like they're on this, this treadmill of, of what they are. Like, the, the, you mentioned they're having a great season. Part of that is it, it kind of opened up for them this year. Right, like think about the NBA this year. Like Kevin Durant, like the Nets blew up. The Nets should have been in the mix with these other three teams yeah. in the East. The Nets blew up. It's a weird year in the NBA. Like they have an opportunity because it's kind of opened up. It might not be as easy next See, year. See, but that, I would actually disagree with that. I think if they were in the West, they would be in the NBA Finals. Like Phoenix is in the way, but Phoenix is a new team. We've seen it's hard to win in the playoffs when you acquire such a big star at the trade deadline. But maybe they'll be good enough. They are obviously very talented. But I think it hasn't worked out to the Sixers' luck. If the Sixers, the Sixers are in the best conference in, in the league, number one, and they have the top two teams in front of them. So I think if they were in the West, we'd be talking about this team as going to the finals. The issue is, unfortunately, the two best teams in the NBA are also in their way. So when you're talking about blowing it up, I don't think blowing it up because you would beat like 27 out of the 30 teams in the league 
is smart. Like, we know they would beat almost all the teams out right. the West. We know they'd beat the majority of the teams in the East. You couldn't say that when they had been. No, but, but it's also a zero-sum game. Like, if you, can't, if you can't beat those two or three, something has to change but at then some what point. Would you, but I guess, like, what would you do? Well, because Doc's the easy one, right? I mean, if they don't get well, to the fi- would, conference I finals, say, I, I want Doc out. I would say James Harden, to be totally well, honest. Well, there you Yeah. Because there's a, there is, and I want to ask you this, how confident are you that he's going to want to come back here next year? Well, I think he's going to Houston. So I think this is a, a, a moot point. Is that what it is? A moot it's point. moot. Yeah. Moot? yeah. All right. We use so, big words on this show. And we I know. know well, when we try to use them right. <laughs> well, we're basketball guys. <laughs> we are. True. Wait, don't yeah. worry about it. No, you don't have to use them right. No, okay, just, yeah. just throw it in there. Trust Bum, me. I, I really do. Yes. Thanks a lot, but, Kyle. I knew that was coming. <laughs> but no, I, I mean, I think, I think James Harden is going to Houston. I think when you look at the, the, all the reports, the, you know, he's working out in the Houston gym last week. I think he's gone. But I think it's a major loss if he leaves. Like, he has been really, really good for them this year. And he's part of the reason Embiid has been so good. He's good at setting up Embiid for great uh, shots, right? Well, like, you see Embiid taking more mid-range shots this yep. year. That's partially because of James Harden. James Harden has been one of the best, like, offensive creators in the NBA. So if he leaves, that's a big blow. Now, you could try to replace him. You can try to get Dame Lillard, whatever. But if Harden just leaves and you don't add a, a significant piece – then that is a major blow to this team. Yeah, I just have had this sinking feeling for a few years, and I hope I'm wrong, and maybe this year will prove me wrong, that like every era has that team that's really good that just gets like lost in the shuffle of great, and they've never shown to be great. right? Like it was the Knicks in the 90s with Patrick Ewing and those teams, yep. and then it was Doc's Clippers about 10 years ago, right, which y- yesterday he said that he didn't think they were actually close to a championship. I know, what a, yeah, what a line. I know, that was unbelievable. But like it happens, and I – if you don't change it up, I just get worried they're going to get stuck. Like, well, we were close. We'll just run it back again. See, but, but I think the flaw in that feeling is this is not the same team. Like, Harden and Maxi are big new. But the addition, main characters but it's are the, similar. It, it's the main character. It's Joel. Like, coaches matter somewhat in the NBA. Yeah. I'm not going to completely diminish it. At the end of the day, Joel is the face of the franchise. So if you're talking about blowing it up and you feel it's a loser stench and all that stuff— then just say you want to trade and beat because that's the that's the piece that that changes everything. Yeah. Well, the hard part of that it, there's no there's no way to get fair value for a player like yeah, that. Yeah, because he's, he's great. He's too great. Yeah, yeah, you got they got to leave it alone. Joe is in the Northeast. Joe's on the midday show. What's up, Joe? Joe. Hey guys, how you doing? Uh, you you, I just want to get out memory lane a little bit with you. Um, and uh, when you were going to play the NFC Championship against Warner, and um, uh, I drove the family uh, 13 hours down to St. Louis. And we arrived there uh, Saturday, before, you know, before the game, and there was news people outside. I said, "You know where the Eagles are staying at?" And the guy, you know, brushed us off. So the wife had told me. She said, "Well, there was an S outside the building." So I, I tracked us down at the Sharton Hotel, and when we came in, you were in the lobby. Uh, and uh, you, you took some pictures with, with my girls. And then um, the kids were telling uh, Deuce how I drove 13 hours down. Uh, Freddie was holding court with a couple uh, girls there. And um, right. it, it, it was fu- funny to see uh, John Runyon. Right? He, somebody, he had a small Fiat or something convertible, uh, picked, him, picked him up at, at the door and went off, right? So we 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 went to the that next gas in the little Fiat. That's what yeah, I was yeah, yeah. It was a small convertible type thing, and it was funny seeing you know, how huge he was. And next next day we came up to uh, to the stadium because we were staying right down the street at the Holiday Inn, and you guys were coming in, and we had talked to a fellow out, out uh, outside, and he, you were the godson to his child, whether it was a boy or girl. Oh. Yeah, and you 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 kind of gave him the 
the knot of like where to go up to or something there, right? And then we got inside and you know it was a heck of a game. Uh, and we even saw uh, we were sitting in the, in the end zone and uh, there was this girl. She was must have been with the with the Eagles. Because oh my I, God. So Joe, I, I just it's a good story. I'm just it's wondering what, what the what's the end? Sounds like he thinks well, it's on top. Well, the thing is, well, <laughs> she was saying I saw a guy that looked like Carlos Thomas and he was injured. And here she she said to me, she said, no, that that's his brother. But it looked just just uh, just uh, like Hollis, you know. So Hollis's his brother. Supposed, is this story. He, he, well, it was Hollis's brother. Okay. But Hollis had the injured foot or something, I believe, right there. So, uh, and when I thought that was him, I thought that was Hollis. She said, no, that that's his brother. But I mean, I don't know if they're twins or something. But he looked a, a lot like uh, Hollis, care. you know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, getting, getting on the uh, on the uh, uh, Sixers, um, I, I think you know the last couple games they played. I know the Nets didn't have their lineup, but the, but the Hawks did. I like the way those kids coming off the bench played. Uh, the Springer, House. Mm-hmm. Yeah, McDaniels. they're deeper. They're they're certainly right. deeper. They have been in a and, while. Uh, and in some of the when when we played the Celtics this year and other years when like when they had Terry Rozier. These guys are shooting wide open shots because we don't have the foot speed to cover them. Well, that's so, true. They they have not been able to do that perimeter. Joe, give us a guess here for uh, for Hughes Clues. Who's the player that played well, at Michigan? Yeah, talking about the uh, the uh, the Fiat uh, John Runyon. There you I, go. Uh, it all circles back to the story. It's not John Runyon, Joe. We appreciate the phone call. It would have been um, pretty unbelievable if you got that right after all No, that. I, was, I was thinking that <laughs> yeah. that it usually happens like yeah, that. Yeah, like exactly. Yeah. You hang on for it. Um, yeah, I, I wasn't quite sure where that story was going, but they are deeper, Elliot. We can, we can agree with him on that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if you think of the guard play that they had in previous playoff series, and you know I, whatever you want to make of last year, Harden was hurt, Max, like whatever. But the Hawks and Raptors series, they did not have the guard play that they, they do now. They yeah. have so many more three-point shooters that can shoot at a high level than they did in past years, and that's such a big deal heading into this postseason. Well, it is. Uh, we'll get to the series against the Nets coming up in a few minutes. Mike's in Spring City. What's up, Mike? Hey, not much. So I was listening to you guys earlier, and Chris sort of, I think that was the caller's name, talking earlier. He was sort of all over the place. Well, he didn't want to put any pressure on Joel Embiid. Yeah, well, I think the pressure is on Joel Embiid because in previous years he's, you know, not – Maybe not his fault, but limped into the playoffs. He's been injured. This year, he's not. He is looking fantastic. Everything he does just looks so smooth, and he is so much better than everyone else. But in previous years, you know, he looked great, too. And in the playoffs, you're going to face better defenses. You're going to face better teams. And that goes for everyone on the team. So I sort of like what Chris was saying because he sort of made me think of somebody that we probably don't want to hear his name, but Andre Iguodala, a role player that got MVP of the finals. finals. Yeah. And, like, we need someone like that. We need people to support Joel Embiid. I don't think he can do it by himself. Well, he can't do it by himself, but it, it also is, is silly to me to, to pretend like that P.J. Tucker is going to be the reason they win the finals. They're going to win. If they win, it, it's because of Joel Embiid. I agree 100%. And maybe it's not P.J., but, you know, maybe it's Maxi. I love what Harden's been doing, but we need the whole team to step up here. The pressure's on Embiid, but we need more. Well, they, well of course, they need those guys to play well. Mike, give us a, a guess on Hughes Clues. Uh, I had uh, I had Runyon too. 
All right, so it's not John Runyon. That, that's a good well, guess. I, I think I stumped people with this, and I might last to 12 o'clock with this. Well, we got to give Feel a second clue soon to help people out. But, you know, that always comes up, Elliot, the, the bench and, like, the role players. Right. Which, yeah, of course they need to do their thing. But that – I think it's the most overrated thing in basketball, like what your bench does. No, it's what your stars do. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. And, again, the Sixers have not lost a series where Joel Embiid was great. Right? I mean, th- this is not a case where Joel has been outstanding in the playoffs – and they've still lost. Now, on the flip side of that, he's gotten almost no help. Can you think of one series where he got great play from a teammate? Like maybe Jimmy against in the Raptors, yeah. but but you know that was kind of it. Like Ben has never stepped up for him. Maxi, you know, different points in his career. Obviously, now I think he's at a point where you can give him criticism, but he has not had great playoffs. Toby hasn't had great playoffs, but neither has Embiid. But but the reason I think the pressure is on Harden is because if Embiid is great like he's been this year, and they get the same James Harden, like, they'll they'll go to the finals. Like, they, they can do it. But Embiid can't do it by himself, not against these two teams. See, I, I look at it like this. Now, with him winning the MVP, you know, like, you, you have to go into this knowing that you're probably not going to get the help that you're asking about. But whatever the help that you do get, mm-hmm. like I was saying, Tyrese Max, if you give me 15 a game, yeah. I'll take that, 25. From, Make 40% from, of your threes. That's I mean, it. Yeah. I'll I'll make up the rest because that's the kind of player that I am. I think when you become the MVP and you've been down this road so many times before and you already know what you're going to potentially get from your supporting cast, mm-hmm. you can't worry about that. That means you have to do more. That's what, that's what I'm talking about. You're held to a, a different standard, in my opinion, when you know – that when you look around that locker room, you might not get a whole lot yeah. from your support. I pass. also think you're right, Elliot. They have never lost with Joel being great, and he hasn't had great teammates next to him. like they haven't played great next to him. Right. We've also like totally overshadowed how bad Embiid's played in the playoffs. Sometimes I 100 percent agree. Like with so, you. I just want to go yeah. back to the last two times they were eliminated. Okay, and and the story became about the other guys than him. Mm-hmm. So last year it was about Harden, right? How bad he was, and he didn't take a shot in the second half. Yep. Last year in Game 6 against Miami, Joel Embiid shot 7 of 24. He shot 29% in the game. The year before, the game, uh, the Father's Day game, right, where Ben didn't dunk, right, yep. and we screamed about that for a year and a half. Like eight turnovers. He had eight game. turnovers. Yeah. Like, I, I, it's almost like we make the excuse before it happens. Like, it's almost like it, it, the Eagles, like, well, what, what? you can't blame Jalen Hurts if they lose if he throws for 450 yards. Well, let me see. It's kind of like the Super Bowl, right? Yeah, but he had the fumble, right. which certainly mattered. Right. Like, I show me. I, I'd like to see Joel have 35 points a game in a series, and they lose. Because then I won't blame him. And and I, I think that's why, to your point, a lot of this depends on how this looks. Yes. Like, like, like the Eagles lost the Super Bowl. It's an acceptable loss. They played a great team. They played mostly great. They made a few mistakes. The Chiefs didn't. Is what it is. Mm-hmm. You lose, right? No one's sitting here and saying, blow the Eagles up. And I understand they don't have the track. But if you right. get dragged. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah obviously. Like it, and to your point, you didn't even bring up game five last year against the Heat where Joel looked completely checked out from the jump. Yeah. And I think that's been Joel's problem. I just think that even if you get elite Joel, like Giannis won, won a title. But in that title, Chris Middleton was unbelievable. Drew Holiday really helped him out. So I think if Embiid is Embiid, where he averages, you know, 35 points and does what he does, he doesn't need A-plus Harden, but he needs B-plus level play from yeah. other players to beat the Bucks and the Celtics. Like that, I, That's what I'm talking about. You can that's expect him to carry them against almost every other team in the NBA. It's those two that he is going to need help in. That's what I'm talking about. Like, give me, give me what you got. Like, I don't need your A-game. Mm-hmm. Give me what you have, and I'll make up the rest. And that's what that's what you need from from your MVP player. That's what great players do, right? Yeah. The LeBrons, the Kobe's over the world. That's what they've done over there. Steve's at Cinnamon. So what's up, Steve? He wants to put this on Doc. What's up, Steve? Hey, how you doing? 
Good, Steve. What are you thinking? You're on doc. You're on doc here. I'm definitely on doc. First, I want to say hi to Hugh Douglas because loved watching late a late '90s, early 2000s. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Appreciate you. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah. No, I definitely blame him. Um, you know, his past success uh, with the other teams and everything like that. He he basically came in with this, you know, all-star team. He's the one that's got to prove what he did in the past he can do here. He was given a, a great roster to work with. Well, this year he has been. I yeah. really good roster. But I think he also got the most out of that yeah, roster. Yeah, I think he year. did a good job in the regular season this year, Doc. Yeah. Which, which, and, Steve, I hope but he I, continues it in the playoffs. But I don't see pressure on Doc because Doc already got his. You know when they have like like when they okay. have like parties in 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 Boston where they talk about championship teams and stuff he's like that. He's invited. He's invited to the party. Right. So he's going. Yeah. It's it's on the players that are on this team. They they're trying to get to where Doc is already at. I agree. I mean, he he definitely has that success. So I agree with you. He's not going to have as much pressure. But at the same time, for that exact reason, that's why he needs to be the one that he he's got the team around him. So do what you did in Boston. I just Go think Steve, though, Stephen, I'll ask you this: like, how much impact can he really have? I'm not completely diminishing the role of a coach. I'm I understand. On the court. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I think NBA coaches are in some ways the least impactful coaches. I can't speak to hockey because okay. who knows or cares. You know but I, but ultimately, I, <laughs> you know, baseball and football, I think they have way more of an impact than Doc can on this series. You know what, Ellie, I, I do agree with you because football compared to basketball, completely different as far as the head coach role. Mm-hmm. You know, really, he, he's there. Okay, I, I agree. I, I feel like in basketball, yeah, he's kind of on the sidelines. He's directing traffic. But it's really the players that are doing everything as opposed to that's not nowhere near to close to what Sirianni's doing. He's got to control the whole thing. Right. You know, players in and out on, you know, third and long, third and short, whatever. Yeah, calling so each I, I do agree. Isn't Tyron Lue a championship coach? It was. Yeah. yeah. yeah, that's, yeah. That, there you go. Yeah. Not no disrespect right. to Tyronn yeah. Lue. And, I'm well, just saying. Yeah. and to Doc's point, I mean, if Durant's foot's a half size bigger, the Bucks fire their coach, and we're not talking about him as a well. Great coach. He, yeah, and he got everyone with that answer yesterday. Even yeah. even Howard's chuckle in the background. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. We'll come back with your calls. Who do you put the most pressure on? Elliot is sticking around. If you want to get in the lines and yell at him about anything, plus we talked about the Bucks and Celtics, but the Sixers have a series coming up here. It's against the Nets. I'm a team that is totally different than they were three months ago. We'll talk about this series. Now, we do care, Doc. We care to start tomorrow. And we'll give another clue for Hughes Clues coming up. 215-592-9494. It's the Midday Show on Sports Radio 94 WIP. I was about to tear up just because how crazy it was. I'm like, I'm really about to be home. My mom works for the Sixers. I'm like, I've been talking about this all year. Like, that was the biggest thing all my senior year in college was like, Philly got the tenth pick. They'll be they'll be dumb if they don't get Mikel, hometown kid. They need a three and D guy. Like it was it was set up. Like it was just set up for me to go. And they told me the news, and I was literally pissed off. Like actually pissed off. And it took me days after to like be appreciative of the moment. But I was pissed off that night. I didn't go out. I stayed in my hotel room. I was I was, I was literally I was I was that mad. He wasn't the only one. Welcome back. It is the Midday Show. Hugh Douglas, Joe Giglio, 215-592-9494. Elliot Shore Parks hanging out with us for the hour. Elliot, of course, with the Clap Your Hands podcast. The uh, the voice there of Mikel Bridges talking about how upset he was, Elliot, when the Sixers didn't keep him on draft night, and he wasn't the only one. And I mean, that's turned out to be a bad trade. I mean, he's been a really good young player in the NBA, and now he's against them. I feel like this is the most nondescript playoff series I can remember. Like, no one even knows who the Nets are because they changed their team halfway through the season, except, obviously, we all know about Bridges. Well, so on the Clap Your Hands pod, we had a uh, Nets beat writer on that's covered the team for a few years, and I was saying to him, you've basically covered three different teams in the last calendar year. There's just so many iterations uh, of this team. Now, 
Mikel Bridges has has been really, really good for the Nets. Like he's averaging almost 28 points. He's shooting really good from three. He really shoots good from everywhere on the court. The Nets are a weird team. In some ways, you look at them and go, they could be problematic for the Sixers. They're young, they're long, they're athletic, and they seem like a team that would be fast and would get up on the court. The Sixers, on the other hand, are relatively unathletic and slow. So you would think that'd be tough. The issue is the Nets just don't run that much. They have one of the slowest paces in the league. So as good as Mikel Bridges has been and as good as their role players are, I I I think this actually sets up well for the Sixers to to get this done in four. So I'm going to ask you a question, and it's okay if you don't know the answer because I just searched it to make sure I did. Do you know their starting lineup? Like I, I before so I, I I mean I'm honest before I searched it, I didn't know who their now starting lineup is. Yeah, like I could guess five or six players from the team, but I wasn't sure like who actually started. So I, I know it just because I, I looked it up. Okay, and so, like me. Yeah, exactly. But no, I mean, they have a lot of guys that you just wouldn't really think about, like Spencer Dinwiddie right. starts for them. Uh, Nick Claxton, who has turned out to be a really good, good defensive player. So they have a lot of guys. Like Seth Curry's on the team. He doesn't play a ton. Joe Harris plays, but you know he really is just a, a perimeter shooter. So they have a bunch of role players. They just don't have the guy. So to your point on they've had so many different teams, right? Like mm-hmm. I looked, so you can look at their most common lineups. This year, their first, their number one most common lineup, 22 games. Their second most common lineup, 19. Wow. Four of the five guys are different in the two lineups. Wow. Claxton's the only one that was in both because they changed most of the team. Like So so what are we thinking, Hugh, in this series? I I, I think this is a five-game Sixers series. Uh, you, you must have read my mind because I, I was thinking Sixers and five. I think Sixers and four. They're way, so they're, they're way better than this team. Yeah, they're and, way better. And they're the biggest favorite, I think, is I think, tomorrow, right? For tomorrow's games, they might be the biggest game one yeah, favorite. Yeah, eight and a half points yeah. or something like that. Um, I just think what, what the Sixers have on the Nets that really just ends this, in my opinion, is they have so much more playoff experience. I know Mikel Bridges does with Phoenix, mm-hmm. but this group itself is incredibly young. I mean, their season's already a success in some ways. They have Mikel Bridges. They got out of like the disaster trio that, that never played for him. So they don't really have much to play for. And I think that can be dangerous at times in the NBA. But the Sixers, I mean, they you could argue they have the three best players in the series. We could we could do a Maxi Bridges debate. I would take Bridges, but I think that's up for debate at least. So they're just so much more talented uh, th- than the Nets are. Any concern about coming out a little bit flat? I mean, like, it's almost like no one even thinks this is a series. Like we're just talking about the Sixers and the Celtics as if it's a it's a yeah. It's a foregone conclusion. Yeah, and I wonder, do we think there's any like just letdown? I mean, I don't think they could actually lose the series because even if you lose one in a seven game series, like they'll just win in five. Not the end of the world. But do you think there's any of that? I think the the concern, like if this time next week or you know however whatever like game six would be, if we're still talking about this series. I think the way that happens is, A, they come out sluggish on Saturday. The Saturday 1 o'clock game feels like upset And they have two of those, right? Because next Saturday is another one. yeah. But, I mean, to open the postseason feels extra kind of risky. But the one thing the Nets do have is they do have shooters. They have have a lot of guys that shoot a high volume at a a high clip, like not just two or three attempts a game, guys that are taking five, six threes a game. And one thing the Sixers do struggle with is it does feel like when they lose – they give up a lot of open threes, mm-hmm. right? Like when you watch them lose, it's another, the other team is just making three after three, and it's not like they're hitting contested threes; they're hitting easy threes. So the Nets would have to shoot lights out to make this a series. I just think in clutch, like if they can keep it close in the final two minutes, the Sixers have such better options than the Nets do. Yeah, they're just—I mean—they're significant favorites here. Yeah, but I still think to, to your point about you know having an upset city, I, I think there's something to going out and everybody's already. 
saying that, you know, the series is going to be against Boston mm-hmm. and you overlooking this team for the first one. Because mm-hmm. they're looking at it from from the series, of, from a standpoint of, uh, you know, everybody's overlooking us, so we have nothing to lose. You're playing with house money at that point. So I could definitely see him coming out doing what you said, Elliot, and just shooting all over the place, shooting the lights out. Well, and the Sixers haven't played in what? A week in terms of the starters because they mm. didn't play any of the final two games they've mm. had off this yeah, week. Yeah, so more than a week. Right. Now, the Nets have been off too, but the Sixers are older. Like, Embiid is older. Harden yeah. is older. The Nets, I think, kind of rebound, not the ball, but like rebound physically a little better in terms of just going. Well, and we've seen Joel in the past. When he doesn't play for a week, he gets yeah, like heavy. 20 pounds heavier. He gets heavy. <laughs> I mean, it just happens. Let's yeah. go to the phone lines here. Self in North Philly. What's up, Self? Yo, Lock and Key. What's going on? What's going on, Self? What's up, Self? Hey, listen, man. Um, yeah, it's the first first things first, right? I'm gonna throw a name, Jimmy Butler. Did he not play with Embiid? He did. He played well. He did. And what happened? They lost. And he left, right? Yeah. I keep telling y'all, Embiid is nothing more than an overgrown Iverson. He's overrated. Y'all keep calling this dude great. All right, he went out and he learned how to play guard, but he's in center. That's because he's scared to play center. The ball is not no beast. He's trash. Like, whoa, he's, whoa, whoa, doing, whoa, whoa, whoa. He's, he's soft, man. How is he? Self is strong. Self has strong opinions. I like soft. it. Like, like that one caller that called in and compared him to Shaq, right? I'm glad he did that because I wasn't a Shaq fan. Shaq traveled every time he had the ball. He was a crybaby for the ball. That's the reason why you're not going to get nobody to come in here and play with it. Let me tell you what great teams have. Great teams have great players. Championship teams have great players, right? Boston Celtics had great teams because they had great players. Detroit, the Sixers, excuse me, back in the day, had great players. Now we're talking about a great player. There's a difference. This team has no bench. This team has no consistency. And this team has no dog. Well, the the last part is the one I worry. The last part's the one I worry the most about. I I just, I I don't, I don't trust them. Yeah, I don't trust them. I just think your your Jimmy Butler point is wrong. I mean, Jimmy would have stayed here if not for Ben Simmons and Brett Brown. He's tried to recruit him Embiid to to Miami. Like, look, Embiid has something to prove in the playoffs. And your point about him being soft, he has come up small in big games. I'm not disputing you on that, but he is a great player. I mean, he is like he's, he's a good. Player. He's the best player in the NBA right now. Look at the NBA. Like I'm gonna tell y'all, y'all, y'all touched on something earlier when y'all asked the question, who you put it on, Doc or Embiid? Mm-hmm. I put it on Embiid. I'm gonna tell you why. Doc is sitting there. Doc was a dog when he played. If you know anything about basketball and the history of it, Doc was a Doc could punch you in your face on the court, right? Doc was a dog. Right now, he's trying to figure out how to coach these soft-ass young balls that he got to coach. I agree with that. Because there's a different league with different young balls playing that's playing a different game, and he's just sitting there like, he probably just is flabbergasted about this whole thing as I am. Well, Self, that might be the biggest difference between the time he actually won something, Doc, in Boston. Yeah, he hasn't that's what, had those. That's what I said. Those he, guys were different. Like, were, Kevin they, Garnett was different. They were driven. They were motivated by different things. But, Self, I'll ask you this question about Joel Embiid. Could he could he do himself a favor by by playing well in his finals and, and actually changing the way that you feel about him? Because I think because no, because honestly, you, I'm gonna tell you what's gonna happen, Hugh. Now I, I keep trying to tell y'all this week after week, and y'all don't be hearing. But listen, this is what's gonna happen. He's gonna win MVP, right? Mm-hmm. In the past, he didn't win MVP, and he went out and moped on the floor and showed he was hurt. His feelings was hurt because he didn't win MVP. Mm-hmm. Now he's gonna win MVP. Then he's going to throw up his hands and feel like, well, we lose, you know, whatever, I got MVP. 
He's not going to care. He's an Iverson. He's selfish, bro. Well, I hope, self, you. I hope you're. I hope you're wrong on that. I think we all hope you're on that. Self, give us a guess on uh, Hughes' clues. Man, I'm I'm drunk and you threw me off, man. He said he wasn't a football player. Then he said he didn't play football. Oh no, I, I didn't. I didn't say that. I said he. <laughs> no, I said he was. He was. Uh, he went to Michigan. Yeah, he, and he said no, it doesn't no, no, have I'm to be. A, you, no, I said I'm it doesn't have to started, be. Oh no, it doesn't started, have to be a football like, player. Right, right. Yeah, but so it, I'm I mean that. Go ahead and say Chris Webber. Ooh, that's a good guess. But the no. Michigan guess are rolling, and that's not the answer. So, all right, I think it's time for a second huge clue here. Yes, I didn't know you was gonna come to it that fast. Pull it up because we we had them written down, and we got to get them. But yeah, that was a good guess. Self. The, uh, All right, second so guess. First so does clue. you have to know this person? Yeah. So this is someone associated with it. Started as, as strictly teammates. Now it's associated. Now it's associated, but it doesn't mean it can't be a teammate. You okay. know what? And, and this is a good clue because I think people might get it with this one. Say he looks like he's an '80s rock in an '80s rock star band. Okay, so he went to Michigan, and he no. looks like he could have been in an '80s rock rock band. Yeah. Which '80s rock band are we or, going or, with? Or maybe. Maybe Do you know a lot of '80s rock bands? Yeah, I don't. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, well, but you kind of know the the look, right? Well, not not so much the teased hair, you know. But not, hair, not, not, but not, hair, but the hair, thought, like Metallica type. Uh, Van Halen. Yeah, I'm thinking. <laughs> I'm, I'm like seriously. I'm thinking Van Halen a little bit. Okay, okay, but not so much Moose. So uh, every day when we do this, when we have a giveaway, Elliot, it becomes a. It almost becomes like a pride thing for you because if it takes a while, he feels good that he's oh, yeah. giving tough clues. If I've heard he feels sad, he feels upset. No, I, get... I, like last, last week, week, young lady but... called in, man. It's like, like the first guest. First guest. Wow. Yeah, that was I was. Well, I will say early on, hit. you're probably picking names people know more. Yeah. Like the deeper in the catalog it gets, then it gets. Yeah, and people well, I thought it was kind of fun, and then it got it got personal. Yeah, they start just guessing them right off the the rip. Because you're a competitor. Well, people yeah. have have kind of caught on to like the association. So last week we were at the Phillies game, and mm. and the answer was Ryan Howard. Like they were thinking that it's an easy one. Yeah, so For what well, it's worth. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, you're right. It was. Yeah. It was. All right, let's yeah, go. That, that don't make me feel. Right. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. <laughs> let's go to uh, the sledgehammer, Mark and College. What's up, Mark? What's up, Jiglio? What's up, Hugh? What's going on, Jiglio? That's your name now. Yeah, Jiglio. it is. What's up, Mark? <laughs> oh, man, I've been calling Joe that for quite some time. I oh, like yeah. it. I like it, Jiglio. <laughs> <laughs> so, real quick, it's a good thing you're talking Sixers, too, because ESP here is not allowed to talk Eagles because he's a cowgirl fan, and he's got oh, a man crush on Dak. <laughs> I mean, look, I don't like this. I don't know where this cowgirl thing came from, but what is this about? Because I said Dak's the biggest uh, path for them to get to a Super Bowl, biggest roadblock. Okay, look, so look here. Wait, are you a Cowboys fan though? No, I'm not. No, he's a cowgirl. <laughs> I don't even know where this came from. <laughs> see the, see well, that, if you, if, well, here's how it works. There's here. a drop, but I yeah, where. If you say anything positive about the Cowboys, you're a Cowboys, you're a Cowboys fan. fan, right? Yeah, I think Marks became a Cowboys fan a few years ago when he said Dak's better than Wentz or something. That yeah, happens. and Howard's always been a Cowboys yeah, fan. That's right. Yeah, see that we just brought the inner eagle and you out. <laughs> but, yeah, you, you say anything good about Dallas, like, you know, that's blasphemy in this city. Mm. Okay. But either case, on to the Sixers here. Um, I'm going to put the pressure on Joel. For the simple fact is, for three years now, he was clamoring for the MVP. He finally is getting it. Now it's time to put up and show up. He now needs to back it up and show that after all this work that he put in, he finally has it. Now he needs to produce, and, you know, he needs to make it happen. Like, I understand, yes, it's not just one individual. It's a team effort. But he's finally getting what he's been clamoring for, so now it's time for him to put it up and produce. Yeah, there's no ex- – I think we could all say there's no more excuses for Joel in the playoffs. He's no. healthy. He's got a good team around him. He's got to play great. It doesn't mean they have to win the finals, but he needs to play really well. Yeah, but I think if he plays really well and they lose a good series, 
that's okay. Like that, they like that's not blow it up territory there, right? So it matters how he plays, but I don't think there has to be a mandate to get out of the second. I agree because there's so so many intangibles that go into to winning a championship. I, I totally agree with that, but. The bottom line is he has to show up and he has to show out. Yeah, he's he got to he's got to play his. Ba- we haven't seen it enough in the playoffs. Mark, give us a guess for Hughes Clues. Player played yeah. at Michigan and he had uh, '80s rock band hair. Yeah, until that second clue that threw me for a loop because my guess was going to be Chad Henney. Chad mm. Henney did not does not have that kind of hair. No, he I might know. have back then. <laughs> Maybe he did. Chad he did Henney play at Michigan. He was here. Uh, he was not here. Oh. Mark, we preached the phone call. Well, I'm thinking of Chad Hall. Chad Hall. Yeah. Maybe he was thinking of Chad. But Chad Hall didn't go to Michigan. No, I was just thinking of long-haired people. Yeah. yeah. Um, when it comes to the, the conversation around NBA, what, what do you make of the way people uh, say – Coddle? There you go. It's almost like because he's become so great, and he's, tr- he's truly a great player, and he's going he's gonna to win the MVP, it's almost like people don't want to put this on Joel. What do you make of, so, of the way Joel is – Coddle? Coddled by the fan so base. I, I, don't, propped, <laughs> no, no, so I don't want to say propped up because he deserves – accolades right he's a great player yeah I don't think he's been coddled at all I mean even Seriously? he's now winning MVP and people are basically like who cares right he's been named the best player it's the hardest MVP to win in sports and the reaction is essentially who cares right if you look at the Philly sports scene and you you can speak to this as someone that that, that played in it it's a very tough place to play right no doubt. Embiid has been through more any athlete I can think of, McNabb would be the only comparison just because of the longevity. Carson was here for a year or two in terms of criticism, then he was out, right? Bryce doesn't really get anything. The The Phillies players, the Ryan Howard, Chase Utley, Jimmy Rollins, they won early on, right? right? Embiid has been through like eight years of extreme criticism here, right? Get out the second round. You're, you're soft. Like, you do it in the playoffs, blah, blah, blah. You care too much about MVP. He's now won the award. Well, he is, will. He, well, he's, sorry, he's yeah. going to win the award. And I think it's being undervalued and under-discussed. Like, this is a great Philly sports moment, and it feels like almost nobody cares. Because I, 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 I well, can I don't. I mean, I, I can say it. I, it, doesn't, it doesn't hit. Like, I, I don't feel it the way you do. It doesn't hit me as but much. But I, I wonder why, though, because you've because been Because they want me to win a championship. Because of the, pro- the trust the process. They, now the next, the next obvious goal or the next obvious obstacle is to win a championship. So I think that's probably why. But to your point, I, I get exactly what you're saying. He's been on heavy scrutiny. But I will say this. And I, I have a smaller sampling size because you've been here longer. Mm-hmm. But it sounds to me that like that's because he's kind of wishy-washy, like some of the things that he says. People, th- here's the thing. Athletes are different now. We in Philadelphia are used to in-your-face, a matter-of-fact type of athletes. Mm-hmm. That's why Alec Baum got so much love when he said he hated it here and he owned it. People want you to own it. Joel Embiid is not that guy. Not saying that he's done anything wrong, right. but you listen to the way that he talks. He acts like he doesn't care, but he really does. And sure. I think that you have to, you, you as, a, as, a, as a fan, you have to know that about him, and you have to adjust your mindset and the way that you think about him to the way that he, he really is because he's not that guy. He's not the guy that we're used to here You mentioned he's been through a lot, and he has, right? He had those, all those injuries. But the reality is if they don't get out of the second round this year, and they might, they, they, have, and they have a chance. Or they might not. They might not. Realistically, yeah. Like next year will be year 10 of his career without getting past the second round. There's no such – there's no athlete – is there ever been an athlete here that has gone has had less winning compared to the love? So it's I, a, I, let me make one more point. Yeah, go ahead. if he wins the MVP, which he's going to, Ellie, you know, other than Jokic, and we'll see what they do this year. You know, no MVP in the NBA in the last forty years has never played in a conference final except Jokic and Embiid. Yeah, I mean, like at some point they have to win something. I agree with you on that, right? I do. Like ultimately, jo- from a talent perspective. 
and from some ways in an accomplishment perspective, he is already in the discussion of like best Philly athlete of all time in terms of pure talent. And I his, think he's a better player than Iverson. Oh, he's look. Iverson is my favorite athlete by far, but he is a better player yeah. than Iverson, right? But even just you look all four sports, right? Like Joel, in terms of his pure talent, is in that discussion. But where you're correct, and it's it's a fair truth in a lot of ways, legacies are decided in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. That's why Mike Trout's the most overrated athlete of all time, right? Because he's never I like how you stuck that in there. That yeah, was just like, get that, it in there. That was personal quick. for you. Yeah, well, I mean, exactly. Mike Trout's play, Mike Trout's Mike Trout's playoff resume makes Joel look like he's Michael Jordan. Yeah, I mean, like he struck out in the biggest <laughs> at bat of the World Baseball. Class. I like how but, he he, got, he made it personal just that quick. I like that. But 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 to your point, Joe, like yeah, Joel. To, to be where he belongs from a talent perspective, he has to win in the second round. My biggest issue with this year is, again, I'm not letting baggage from previous years impact my decisions this year. From a legacy perspective, you're right, Joe. Like, getting out of the second round, getting to the finals. Like, Iverson didn't win the finals. He got he lost, you know, in five games. Yeah. In the, but he got there, right? If Embiid can get there, he catapults up. I agree. But I'm not blowing it up if they don't do it because this team is so much better than these other iterations of the six. Yeah. Unfortunately, though, it might get blown up for them. You know, the Harden thing is is, yeah. is real. I mean, that this Harden going to leave. Yeah, Harden's going to leave. I, I don't know why he wants to go back to Houston. I guess I get You it. ain't been to the strip club in Houston? No, I have not. <laughs> I got some nice I guess, next year, yeah. I guess that's it. <laughs> Chris <laughs> in Doylestown. What's up, Chris? Hey, thanks for getting me on, guys. What's going on, What's man? up, Chris? Hey, uh, I, I can't – look, whoever has the most pressure, whatever, um, here's what I think is going to happen. This guy's going to put up 35 a night, 15 boards, six, seven assists, three or four blocks. If the rest of the players don't contribute, they cannot win. Yep. Look, if Harden – look, I don't need 25 from the guy, but you can't shoot six for 23, mm-hmm. Okay. Maxie's got to give us at least 15 and maybe an occasional 22-point night. And I'm going to tell you who the guy is that's the biggest joke, forget pressure, is Harris. A max player. Could you imagine if we had Bridges on this team? The guy plays defense. He scores 28 a night. He shoots lights out. And for the guy that said Shaq is better than Embiid, he's a moron. Shaq's shot 33% from the foul line. Give me a break. Chris, Chris, hold on, hold on, hold on a second, hold on. I love when he gets Joel Embiid has not caught Shaquille O'Neal yet. Oh, dude, he's so much better. Chris, Chris. Yeah, but who's better, Joe? That's the question. Not resume. Who's a better player, Shaq or Embiid? I'd rather have Shaquille O'Neal. But who's a a better player? They're different players. Right? Like, guys, like, so who's the better one? Shaquille O'Neal. So you think Shaq is a more talented player than Embiid? I'm not asking you. You said what did Shaq? What did Shaq win in Orlando with three other talented? really good players? Yeah, Diddley squat. Probably not more talented. Diddley squat. Wait, wait a second, Chris. What, who, who do you, Penny Hardaway and who else? Who are we talking about in Orlando? Dude, go back and look at their lineup, dude. Nick Anderson. I, I remember the lineup. Nick when Anderson. Dennis Let me Scott. Ask you a when did he win? When, when did he win? When he played with Coach. Chris, I mean, hold on a second. Like, hold <laughs> on. One of the five greatest but, players in but the game. I, I will say this to that. Shaquille O'Neal is one of the top 12 players ever play in the NBA, and now Joel Embiid's there better ready? better than Will Chamberlain? Is he better than Will Chamberlain? No. We don't have that much fun. Oh, then, then thank you for, you know, acknowledging a guy that scored 50 a night, 20-plus rebounds, 20-plus I, I wanna Chris, hold on a second. So, you, so where do you have Joel Embiid right now before he gets out of the second round for the first time? Like a top 10 player ever? Well, wait a second, though. Why did they lose to Atlanta? Was that Embiid's fault? Or, oh, that, or the that, was, that was Embiid's fault. Embiid, Embiid was not good wait, in that series. Okay, Chris, okay. he had eight turnovers in the final game. Do you remember that? Eight, okay, okay, eight fine, turnovers. Eight. Fine. But maybe it was because of the guys he was throwing it to 
Got, got oh, Butterfinger. You mean Ben Simmons? That's what I mean. Like, it's, it's like Joel Embiid. Like, I, I, Chris, he's not better yeah, than but where, Shaquille O'Neal Yeah, but where Chris yet. is right, though, is uh, Embiid uh, is one of the most talented players to, like, to ever play. Right, but now, he is talented. When, when he, you might, rank, he might be ta- When you do all-time rankings, that's where you take into account Shaq has sure. titles and done those things. But but Embiid has never had a teammate in the same stratosphere as the guy Shaq's played with. In Orlando, I agree with in that. Miami, and Shaq was in a man LA. among boys when he played. Though. Yeah, Shaq was Shaq like was the unbelievable. most dominant yeah, player was. in an era with a big man. For sure. Fell, I also, fell by the wayside. I, I think we, we, we get in trouble when we talk about like talent now compared to ex-players. Like They all are, are better now. Because they're more athletic. They're, they're more, they're, and they shoot they're, from they're, three. Like, right, like comparing Will. I mean, Will's like a fictional character in some ways. Like, right. Again, great. It's like, like, it's, to I me, like it's to what, I like the disrespect that you said that you try to mask it with like some factual stuff. Right, yeah. Don't do that. I'm, I'm <laughs> just saying, Will, that. like you can't even compare him. To, <laughs> it's like Paul Bunyan. Would he even yeah, start like, on this version of the Sixers? Like, Would Will start here? Yeah. You think so? I think no. he'd be the best backup center Joel's yeah, be, He would be he the would best backup they needed, yeah. He would be Taco Fall. all the stuff he does Like, seriously. Hassan Whiteside? Yeah, he would be Taco Fall. He would be that guy. Clint Capella? Yeah, I just, can we get out of the second round before putting Embiid above Shaq? Is, is that, am I Again, asking too much? Sha- Shaq is far ahead of Embiid in all-time NBA rankings. But you still have an answer to who you think is a better player. Shaq. I answered. You think, so? you well, think Shaq said, is said, more he talented? Said be- he said well, talented. My, my, That's the key word. But my He's point, talented. My, I think we get into a gray area. Like, every player today is more talented than 20 years ago. So they you're saying shoot Embiid now. is more talented than Shaq? But it, 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 no, it's what you do in your error versus your other You're players. not going to hold He's not going to answer that question. Because well, he knows right. it's Embiid. He's well, <laughs> he can do, and dodging. He here. can do more things, but he's not a Sounds better Sounds like more talented. No, no. no he, he can <laughs> do more things. What does doing more things mean? More talented. He can yeah. shoot from three and Shaq couldn't. And he can shoot. He Well, he can shoot from all three levels of the court. Sure, right. Shaq could but not I, do that. Shaq's a better player. That's it. I mean, I don't know. How else do I say it? He's better. I think if You think Embiid's better than Shaq. I think Embiid is definitely more talented than Shaq. See, the, the semantics, the word, talented, because he's right. talking about athleticism. He's talking about yeah, the right. fact that – skill. Yes. And my point is all the guys now, well, let me in ask a sense, you are more talented. If Embiid had Kobe these past three years, would they be out the second round? Yeah, I think they probably would be. Okay. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah, because Kobe would be the lead dog. I mean, was Kobe, was Kobe be, the lead dog on the Lakers? Not early, not early. B would be scoring fifty some points either, though. Well, that's that's well, true. He yeah, he would not, have to score fifty something too. Yeah. So Sixers in four, the official prediction. Yeah, I think. Look, we can be say anything happens, but they should beat this team in four games. All right, I think uh, I think five, but four or five, it should be a fun series. Elliot will be listening. How often are you guys uh, recording episodes? We're gonna try to be doing almost every day. Oh, so oh, awesome. go go to all your podcast apps. Clap your hands. Kyle Newbeck is on it. Best Sixers beat writer in the city. So. So you're yeah. leaving us? I have to, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we got Fransky Fridays coming up oh, next. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so, yeah. So, so let me get this straight. Go back to draft prep now. Uh, Joel and B is a better athlete than Shaq. Yeah. And you think Wilt Chamberlain was garbage? Elliot well, Shore Parks, who's delusional. <laughs> he wouldn't start on the Sixers. So, so, yeah. <laughs> Unless he's, he's not going to be a stretch four, I'll tell so you that. Everybody write that down. Wilt Chamberlain was garbage. And, and Shaq was not as good as everybody thought he was. And the Mike Trout. Thing, yeah, yeah. The, and Mike Trout was a, a flash in the pan choke Good to get the basketball, guys. I mean, that's right. We're together. With the real, uh, <laughs> real we'll talk to you next week on the Sixth and, of course, the NFL Draft. All right, Fransky Friday's next. A lot to get to, including all your phone calls. Use clues 215-592-9494. Sports Radio 94 WIP.